John 16:33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. say that almost all of us would agree that that's a very good thing to do. And in fact, it's also very easy to see which words Jesus spoke. Many of our Bibles, whenever we open it up, especially in the New Testament, we see that the words of Jesus have been placed there in red. So if you just flip through your Bibles, anything that's in red is going to be from the, the mouth of Jesus, you know, Jesus' own words. But how oftentimes do we find ourselves forgetting those words whenever it's very important to remember them. For example, like in times of trouble, whenever we don't exactly know what the future might hold, how many times do we actually think about remembering Jesus' words and what he has said? Because we're going to look at, at three different passages 
And we're going to see here in uh, these kind of three different sections of Scripture uh, about the importance of what Jesus was saying and the importance to remember it uh, in difficult times. So we're going to look at some of the things that Jesus said. Some of what Jesus said was kind of difficult to understand. Some of what Jesus said was also difficult just to really kind of process it or, or even to, to take it in. And some of that has to do with this talk that Jesus many times to his, his own disciples would say that he was going to have to die. And, you know, he would be like um, hurt in some way. And he, he might have said some specific things a little different from time to time. But, you know, all of it was kind of confusing to his disciples. But now, of course, we know a little bit more of the story. We know that he was talking about the plan of God, this plan of God that God had since before the creation of the world, that Jesus would take that cross, that he would die on that cross so that we can have forgiveness of our sins. Now, with each one of these passages that we're going to be uh, taking a look at, I also kind of have an item. Now, today is Easter Sunday, and you know because of that, you've probably noticed that there's some, some different things out around and different you know, maybe pictures or images that are connected with this. Um, so I've got three of them that I want to share with you that maybe you've seen these types of things around. One of them is these chocolate crosses right here. Now, the chocolate cross, I think, is a really uh, good thing and a wonderful thing because this right here, it can remind us that our God is capable of taking something that is really kind of a like a bad thing. It's a horrible thing, the cross and how people died on that cross. But our God can take something like that and he can turn it into something sweet, something great. And he did that through Jesus. And Jesus, he knew that he was going to be uh, going to that cross. And he told his disciples about it several different times. And whenever he was raised up from the dead, we see that they were called to Remember the words that Jesus had spoken. In Luke chapter 24, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12. Now, I count this as one passage, but it's going to be two different kind of slides right here. But that's just so it can be a little bit bigger font and you can read it. But we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 12 of Luke 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. So, you know, right here in this passage, we see in verse 6 that they are told 
to remember how Jesus had already told them these things. We also see that again in verse 8 that they remembered his words. Well, what were his words? That's what's recorded in verse 7. And his words are, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Those are some of the words that were kind of difficult for the disciples to, to take in and to recognize what was really going on right there. He was quite literally telling them about the future plans, what was going to happen. And we see that right here in this instance, this is you know the, the very first um, kind of, you would say, the, uh, the, the very first Easter, if you want to kind of look at it like this. This is the day that he raised it from the dead. And whenever he was raised it from the dead, you see that they go to that tomb. They go there expecting to find Jesus, but instead they find that, that it's empty. And what they do see in this tomb are these strips of linen uh, just laying there by themselves. Well, kind of the neat thing about that and kind of a neat little idea to think about, you know, we've seen some other people who have who have died and who raised it from the dead as well. Uh, Lazarus is one of those that come to, comes to my mind. Well, whenever you look in, in uh, John chapter 11 and you read about Lazarus being raised up from the dead, whenever he was raised up from the dead, one of the things was that, uh, you know, he was still covered in those, those cloths and they had to, uh, you know, re release him of his, of his grave clothes because he was still wearing those. And right here, there's something different that we see with Jesus. Whenever Jesus raised up from the dead, we see that, well, there's these strips of, of linen that were lying by themselves. Jesus is no longer even have those grave clothes on him any longer because he is not dead. He is among the living. Now, Lazarus, yes, of course, he did raise up from the dead. Uh, he, he was raised up from the dead, but he did live out his life and he did die again. Jesus is very different than that. Jesus is still alive today. And I want to uh, give you another image that goes along with this, uh, this idea that, of what they experienced at that tomb. Now, here's another object that you might see. This is an Easter egg. You know, it's one of these plastic Easter eggs. And inside this one, there is something that is so wonderful. So, so wonderful. So amazing. And I want, I want you to see it, okay? I want to share it with you. I don't, I don't know if you can see it really over, over the... Can you see that? It's actually empty. Now, you know, as you're watching that, you, you probably were wondering, you know, well, what is it going to be? And why is it empty in it? Well, I think that some of those maybe thoughts that you might be experiencing and almost kind of a little bit of letdown with, well, why is it empty? What, what's the big point about that? I think in many ways, that's what the disciples experienced when they saw the empty tomb. They didn't understand it. They were expecting something, uh, you know, great out of Jesus, something wonderful out of Jesus. And then what they get is, is an empty tomb. So then it's just kind of confusing. And you're wondering, okay, so what's, what's the catch? What's, what's going to happen next? What I don't understand where to go from here. Now, it's one thing, you know, with an empty egg, you know, you might have just been a little disappointed that you didn't get to see something kind of cool. But with the empty tomb, it would have meant their life. You know, what, where do you go from here? What do you do after this point? And I, I remember that uh, I got one of these these little things one time. It was actually given to me uh, by someone someone else, and it was uh, it was best I remembered. It was like a full uh, carton of eggs, so it was like a dozen um, Easter eggs, and each one of them 
uh, whenever you would open it up, it had something in there that told the story uh, about what happened um, on you know this Sunday and kind of uh, the things leading up to Jesus' death and crucifixion and then then also the the empty tomb. And I remember the last egg that you open up, it was empty. And at first, whenever I opened it up, I was kind of disappointed by that because I thought, well, this is kind of disappointing. You know, I was really expecting something really cool to go along with Jesus rising from the dead. But then I had to stop and think about how powerful that empty egg really was because that tomb was found empty. And even more importantly than just that, it's not just that the tomb was found empty because, you know, Jesus' body could have just been moved somewhere else. But that's not the really amazing thing. The really amazing thing about the empty tomb is the fact that Jesus was seen alive after this. And because of that, you know, it's not just, well, they moved his body. No, he raised up from the dead. And I want to share another passage, this time from John chapter 16. And this is when Jesus was, was speaking things. And these are important words that we could remember as well. In John chapter 16, verses 16 through 24. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And because I am going to the Father, they kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he is saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. So now here, kind of this, this image that Jesus is using, um, you know, here he's, he's been saying several things and, and then they don't get it. This is before Jesus was raised from the dead. This is before he's even been crucified in John chapter 16. So we kind of backed up the story just a little bit. But as we back up this story and you see what he's talking about, he's saying that in a little while you won't see me, but then you will see me. So then that's just, that's confusing talk. What is going on right there? And he's speaking about uh, being with his father and going to the father. What is he even talking about? His disciples didn't know. They have that question about it. They, they're trying to figure these things out. And Jesus starts telling them things that th their future has something in it that is going to be uh, kind of a bit of grief. It's going to bring a lot of grief to them. But he compares it in verse 21 to a woman who is giving birth to a child. Now, a woman giving birth to a child... Yes, there is some grief. Yes, there's some difficulty. But, you know, whenever everything goes well in, uh, in that birth, then when the child is born, she can kind of forget some of those other things. And she can kind of move beyond them because of how great that joy is of that new life, that new child that has been born into the world. 
and in many ways what Jesus was doing right here in the middle of history was that he was bringing part of this new creation into the world. In fact, the, the scriptures speak about how uh, whenever we are followers of Christ and whenever we uh, clothe ourselves with Christ and, and whenever we decide to, to be baptized and to, to follow Christ with everything that we have, then the new creation has come among us, you know, that we are part of that new creation, so to speak. And Jesus made a way for all these things to happen. And he uses these images to remind us about this, this new life, this wonderful life that we can have through Jesus. It's, it's not just about, you know, eternal life and, and uh, the life that is to come, or, or it's not just about those things. It's about, you know, right here and right now that things uh, can be better uh, for us because of what Christ has done if we choose to accept this new way of things. And we see that even the disciples right here are told uh, that nobody's going to be able to take away their joy. And you see the closeness of this relationship that they are promised that they're going to have with their father because of the name, because of the power that is found in Jesus. And those things can be true about us as well. And here, I want to show you another, another kind of item, another image that is sometimes connected with, with Easter. And that is that of a butterfly. I've got a little butterfly right here. It's just a little magnetic butterfly, but you know, this one on the screen, it's a, it's a real one. And whenever you see a butterfly, it's, it's an amazing thing. Now, I don't really pretend to understand exactly what all goes in about how a caterpillar just kind of forms the cocoon or chrysalis or, you know, how those things happen. But I can definitely see the amazing transformation because a caterpillar or, you know, the, it looks a lot like a worm. It's just kind of, you would have no clue that it's going to turn into something so beautiful, something with, with wings that could fly. And sometimes people can get kind of confused about the things of this life and then the next life and then this new creation. But we see here that with Jesus, he's bringing some of these, these new things into our life right here, right now. He's doing great things great things of transformation. He's all about bringing the kingdom of heaven here on earth and giving us glimpses and showing us what life will be like one day. Now it's hard to imagine a butterfly whenever you're living life as a caterpillar, but yet through Jesus and in Jesus Christ, we get glimpses of the beautiful things that can happen if we choose to follow Jesus. And I want to go back to that, that first chapter that we looked at back to Luke chapter 24 and I want to look at a few more verses right here in Luke chapter 24 we're going to be looking now in verses 36 through 45 because I actually stopped us earlier before Jesus was ever actually seen in the picture it's just about remembering the words of Jesus but now here we see that Jesus gives them some more words this is after Jesus has been raised from the dead and after he rises from the dead, he appears several times to his disciples. This is one of those occasions. And listen to what Jesus says to his disciples here. Luke 24, verses 36 through 45. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. 
Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Do you see from here how important it is to remember the words of Jesus? To remember that he knew what was coming. He knew that he was going to be delivered over into the hands of sinners. He was going to be crucified. But on the third day, he was going to rise up from the dead. He told his disciples and he tells us time and time again about having peace. About how, how he has overcome the world. He has defeated the world. He has overcome his own death. He's overcome sin. He's overcome the world. And he's given us the hope that if we follow him, we can have this peace. We can have this joy. And we see that everything about Jesus, it must be fulfilled. And it has been fulfilled. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And now today, as we read the scriptures, as we read the words of Jesus, do we remember them? Do we put them to our memory? And do we remind one another during difficult times of what Jesus has said and how Jesus has promised us this, this new creation, this new life right here and right now? We can choose to follow Jesus. We can choose to see all of the great things and we can choose to have our minds open. But that choice is something that we must choose right now, right here and right now. Do you choose to follow Jesus? Ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready for the judgment day. When the bridegroom comes, will I be there to meet him in the air? And will my lamp be burning bright? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Master comes today, will I be in or cast away? And will he find me faithful there? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose delay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.